The Ambitious Mum Podcast. Different women, different lives, different ambitions. I'm Kate Moore Youssef, and every week I'll be having honest conversations about ambition. I was just really trying to be superwoman. I was trying to be in three places at once, you know, working so hard. I was dedicated to my job. I love my children, but I was rushing. Motherhood. It's also recognising, isn't it, that this is an opportunity for us to really focus on what's important. We'll explore how their ambitions and careers have evolved while being a parent. And I'll be digging deep, acknowledging the taboos, the sacrifices and the sheer grit and perseverance working mums don't talk about. Maybe there's a subconscious thing for women because of everything that's gone before us that we have always had to show up as the best in order to be an equal. Maybe that's why we work so hard at contributing and fixing. You can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Before we get started with this week's podcast, I wanted to tell you about my new sponsor, Nanu. Those who know me know how much I value my sleep, and my pillows are integral to this. The power of sleep should never be underestimated, and with Nanu, they are helping us with the most personalised sleep experience available. So if you're a pillow snob a bit like me, you'll know it has to be your own specific type to achieve the best night's sleep. And creating a Nanu pillow is so simple. You just go on their website, which is nanusleep.co.uk, and tailor make your perfect pillow according to your weight, height, favourite sleeping position and preferred softness. The information is then used in some magic pillow making algorithm, basically creating a personalised pillow just for you. And that's all for £35. Genius. And as parents, you know, life can be so busy and a good night's sleep is essential for our mental and physical well-being, ensuring we're on top form for our families as well as our careers. And sleep is that factor that can literally make or break our day as well as protecting us from illness, stress and future disease. So if a personalised pillow sounds like your perfect option to a better quality sleep, um, have a look at nanusleep.co.uk or simply search Nanusleep on all social media platforms. Hi everyone, it's Kate Moore Youssef here. I'm your host of the Ambitious Mum podcast. I did a bonus episode a few days ago where it was just me and my thoughts, um, a bit rambly, but I guess I just wanted to reach out, check in on everybody and also just to sort of talk about what I'm feeling, what I'm going through and I had some really nice responses so I, I do really hope it did help. Um, and this week's podcast is with a guest called Nicola Harker. She is a GP and she is actually now a women's empowerment specialist. Um, we had a really great conversation. Nicola is an amazing coach and she had so much wisdom and insight. And um, we only had the conversation about a week ago, maybe a bit more. So we were sort of like in the thick of everything that's going on. So it's very topical. We bounced around quite a lot of different, you know, subjects. We talked about a lot, um, I think, from, I guess, what women go through, which is stopping ourselves from feeling any self-compassion. We talk about this quite a lot of in, ensuring that we are looking after ourselves and, and being compassionate towards ourselves so we can look after other people, especially in this situation. 
we talk about um, primary and secondary suffering, which I found really fascinating. And um, this is something that where we throw guilt at ourselves for not suffering as much as other people. And we go into sort of, you know, straightaway fix it mode. I think this is really poignant, especially now, because there's not very much we can fix. We can fix our, make our family set up and um, household as comfortable and as fun as possible. But we are, you know, really grappling with such huge uncertainty with regards to our health, our loved one's health, what's going on with the NHS, the the whole country, uh, with our prime minister's health. It is, it's, it's seriously, you know, we're out of control and there is this uncertainty. And what do we do about that? And how do we deal with that? So we have quite a, a, an open conversation when we're not, you know, I don't know, we're not beating around the bush, really. We're, we're being quite open with what the situation is, but we're coming up with solutions as well. So, yeah, I think you will find this conversation really helpful. And Nicola very kindly has offered a discount, and I don't mention this on the on the podcast, but I will put this in the show notes for a um, course that she's doing. And this is to really sort of help um, parents and, and just dealing with the situation right now. So if you go on my show notes, you'll see there's a podcast code and um, you go on her website, then you'll be able to download this course. And I think she said that it's been discounted from £800 to £142. So I think that will be really worthwhile. As ever, you can find me on my social media. I'm helping a lot of people at the moment with my EFT. I'm actually giving away some free sessions just because I feel that it's such a valuable tool to have that I I just genuinely want people to to know about it and to um, experience it. So do follow me on social media at Coaching by Kate um, on all my social media platforms if you want to know any more. So here is my conversation with Nicola Harker for this week's podcast. Welcome everyone. We have Nicola Harker here, who is or was a GP and she's now a women's empowerment specialist. And I've been really looking forward to having Nicola on the podcast. And I think she has got a lot to offer, lots of amazing advice and um, useful practical tips to get us through um, what I think we're all going through. It's sort of um, a joint combined world um, experience that we're going through. So welcome, Nicola, and thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you, Kate. Lovely to be here. Oh, and so tell me, where are you speaking from today? So I live uh, just outside Bristol in southwest of the UK. I know I mentioned just at the beginning that you are a doctor mm-hmm. and you, you were working in general practice and you're not doing that anymore. And I know that the listeners love to hear sort of a background about um, my guests and obviously being a doctor and then going into coaching is quite a unique um, a unique thing to do. Can you tell us a little bit about what happened and why that came about? Yeah, sure. So I love being a GP and, you know, it's a very privileged role to be in. But if I sort of rewind about six or seven years and, and before that, I it never occurred to me I would do anything else. Um, but I was working very hard sometimes. You know, most days in general practice are more than 12 hours long if you do a full day. Um, but I also had two young children. One was just starting school. The other was um, about three years old when my sort of first epiphany happened. And I also have a husband who is an academic and he sometimes travels for his work. 
and I'm sure many of your listeners will relate to this, which is that, you know, it didn't cross my mind that I should be doing anything differently, but I was just really trying to be superwoman. I was trying to be in three places at once. Um, I was really, you know, working so hard. I was dedicated to my job. I love my children, but I was rushing, you know, rushing to finish, to get home, to say goodnight to them in the evenings. I was um, constantly worn out. Um, and I was probably running on adrenaline, you know, much of the time. So my first kind of awakening came when there was one of those classic situations where my father-in-law was visiting. I had a fever. I think I was going down with tonsillitis and I decided to, I needed to clean the windows um, on the back of my house, um, as you do when you're a, a super mom. And, um, and I fell and I nearly broke my um, back. I hit my back very, very hard. Um, but and what was worse about it was that I fell very close to a stone well and I realized as I kind of landed on the floor that I had nearly broken my neck in front of my children it was one of those moments where I was just an inch or two away from a very very serious injury um, and so I had a partial awakening at that time I realized that something needed to change and I did make some changes but I continued to work as a GP I just moved my job to closer to my children's school and I carried on and I think in life sometimes this is what happens we have some kind of an awakening uh, where we realize mm, I can't really sustain this but we don't want to listen and um, it took me a few more years of still working harder than I wanted to um, and actually what was the biggest trigger for me to really change my life was that two of my friends um, were diagnosed with cancer within the same week and cancer is something I'm very familiar with GP since 2008 so it's a specialist interest of mine but that something really got to me that time of just seeing these two healthy outdoorsy um, engaging amazing women struck down very rapidly by cancer um, one one was a mother of two young children and she died within eight weeks. She was the best friend of my next door neighbor. And the other who was my line manager, she struggled on for two years, but she also was told from the start that she had an incurable cancer. And it's moments like that where you just stop and think, well, for me, it was that moment of going, that could be me mm -hmm. and I have children and something needs to change. So it was a big, a big wide awake moment where finally I listened and thought, you know, I am really trying to do too much and I'm just running myself into the ground and I needed to make a change. Um, and that was what led me down the path to transforming my career, training as a coach and supporting now other women with their life decisions and empowering them to make great choices. Wow. I mean, it's a really powerful story that you tell and it's, you know, very moving and emotive and you know I, I sort of see it a lot with other women as well but does it have to take something of that magnitude of nearly breaking your back or your neck in front of your children and then seeing very sadly two women passing away from cancer to to make a change I mean currently what we're going through now this this pandemic and, you know, we've never seen anything like it in our lives. And we are just doing what we can to just keep going and the family's going. Do you think this is going to be a trigger for a lot of people to, to make changes? I really do. I mean, I laugh at myself because I think I was just a slow learner. One of the things that I noticed about myself, and I think 
it you know relates to this situation now is when I realized I needed to make a change the first kind of reaction that came up in myself was I can't and I think that it's similar to this situation now that people might be feeling more reflective they might be thinking you know this is making me think about how I live my life and you know in an ideal world maybe I'd do things differently but I can't and actually what I realized is that we always have choices and my my internal reaction that I can't was actually my resistance to letting go of how I was doing things and learning to do some things differently. You know, resistance is powerful. It can stop us from make cha making changes. Um, but it's one of my favorite subjects because it, you know, it was huge for me. The resistance I felt was so huge. And, um, you know, one of the things I came across when I was going through my big change was this concept of self-compassion. And for me, the resistance to that was so massive. I, I physically felt like I was just going to run a mile. Yeah. You know, the idea that I would start to be compassionate to myself felt really, really challenging. It felt like that's just not an option. That, that, was, that was where I came from to start with. But what I've learned is that um, self-compassion isn't what we think it is. You know, we, our reaction to it is, but that's navel-gazing, that's self-indulgent, that's selfish. And um, people will think I'm weak or, um, you know, that I might lose my motivation if I start to be self -compassion. All of those kind of resistances that come up in us are really, really normal. That's because we don't understand what self-compassion is and how to do it and how important it is. And, you know, in, so in a situation like this, when we're telling ourselves, I can't, I can't do things differently. If, you know, if only I could change my life, just, you know, but, it, but that's something that happens to other people. When we're doing that, we're, we're making up a story in our heads that says something's not possible. And I was exactly the same, but I realized that I wasn't right. You know, that actually it was, it was possible to change my thinking. It was possible to change the way that I did things and to change my choices. Um, mm. And for me, that was a huge turning point. The Ambitious Mum Podcast. I mean, the word resistance, when you're in the world of coaching, you hear it a lot. But when you're not mm. part of this world and it's something you're very new to, how can you describe how resistance may look to someone who isn't even familiar to, to how it might kind of show up in their life? Yeah, yeah. so no, I, I totally understand what you're saying. So, for example, if, you're, um, if, if we were back in our normal lives and we were back in the traffic, I'm trying to get to work. Let's just imagine that that scenario that used to be so familiar. And you, you know, you want to get to work on time, you've got a meeting, and suddenly there's a traffic jam ahead of you. The initial sensation that you get in your body of, no, no, I can't, like this can't be happening. It's not allowed to happen. Um, because we don't want to accept the reality that there's a traffic jam. That's resistance. Mm. And so the suffering that we experience in that moment is us resisting the reality that we're facing. And actually, in that moment, if you're able to accept, okay, I'm going to be delayed, there's something that's out of my control, um, then we suddenly feel better and it's just a change of thinking. But so resistance is this internal wrangle that we have when we are arguing with the reality of a situation. So when you relate that to what I was saying before, you know, if we're saying, you know, for example, well, I, you know, I can't, 
I can't do my work anymore because I can't get out of the house. And that causes a lot of internal turmoil and upset. And for some people, of course, there are some really big practical hurdles. But there, equally, there might be some possibilities. There might be some things that you can do, but you're not thinking creatively in that moment because you're stuck in the resistance. The no, no, no feeling is, is what we call resistance. Um, and yeah, coaches use that term a lot, but it, it shows up in different ways. So we talk about this a lot um, with my clients. You know, sometimes when we are resisting the reality of a situation, we might suddenly feel very tired we might um, feel distracted or bored. We might find ourselves kind of just wanting to get under the duvet. Um, or we might resort to behaviors that involve kind of feeling argumentative with people around us. You know, we might sort of lash out, that kind of behavior. Mm. And all this relates to um, the way that our brains work when we feel under threat, when we feel that something is not how we want it to be. What happens is, deep in our brains, in what's called the limbic system, the brain starts to release chemicals that triggers our fight, flight, uh, freeze response, uh, which people may have heard of, you know, that, that I just want to run away or I, I just want to blame the next person or kick the cat or, um, or I'm just going to freeze, I can't, I can't make a decision. When we're having that experience of like, this isn't how I wanted things to be, it's actually quite a physiological thing that's kicking off in your brain and it affects us Quite physically, you might notice you clench your hands or you, your, your breathing feels tight or your throat feels tight or you clench your jaw. Um, so it's a very physiological thing. It's not a thing made up by coaches. It's, it's something we all experience. I think that's really important to, to, to highlight because it can present, present itself sort of emotionally, but also physically. Mm. And, you know, until you kind of pinpoint where it's coming from, you know you you, you're sort of just wading around not knowing really Uh, and Mm. and then when you sort of hone in on where the resistance is coming from it's quite freeing and it's very empowering and I think specifically in this time you know the the, what, what, what we're all going through I'm sure all of us experience resistance at the beginning and mm. when I say the beginning I'm saying sort of inverted commas because I think we are at the beginning you know we we went through probably disbelief and and kind of blaming and all of this and we kind of now have to accept where we are and I think maybe quite a few people are coming to that um that point of acceptance and I hope from a positive perspective and, and maybe from like a mindset perspective that people are starting to recognize how they can maybe pivot or maybe where what, what wasn't working in their lives beforehand. And we're having a bit of time for reflection and, and reassessment. Mm. And, you know, you it's absolutely true. Yeah. And uh, so I was just going to say something that I learned when I had my back injury, which I think really relates to this situation, which is this idea of primary and secondary suffering so the the primary suffering is when the bad thing happens and you feel upset the secondary suffering is the emotional response that magnifies our suffering when we fight against something so in when it was my back injury i hurt my back i was in a lot of pain but it was the when i couldn't pick up my daughter who was three that was what really magnified my pain yeah upset that came with it and and this is a, it's, it's helpful to know about this because when, you know, if we start to get sucked into watching the news obsessively and thinking really negative thoughts about 
um, our situation or, you know, it's happened to all of us, myself included, that something triggers us where we start to feel a bit panicky about the situation. Our distress goes up really, really quickly. And, and it's like, it's that secondary suffering. It's, that, it's our emotional reaction to it. And it's not to say that's not okay. You know, sometimes we just need to be allowed to be upset and have a cry or, you know, let it out in some way. Yeah. But at the same time, it's also about recognizing that there are things you can do to um, ease that secondary suffering just by saying, look, actually, maybe I just won't look at the news today. Maybe I just need a break from imagining the, the things that are going on out there or imagining what might happen um, because it's actually making me feel worse. Yeah, I think that's a, it's a really good um, piece of advice because um, I've, I've noticed that I've noticed that a lot that if I sit and watch the news in the evening um, I can't sleep properly my thoughts are all over the place I'm, I'm feeling panicky um, same as if you know a friend messages me and, and she sort of talks about the doom and gloom mm. and we have to choose I've said this before on the podcast we have to choose um, where we put our energy and where we mm. um, use that I think in this current situation, wherever we can um, find hope and positivity and not focus on, on the negatives, mm. we will reduce that secondary suffering, would you say? Mm. I think that's absolutely right. And one of the other things linked to this that's, that I've had a lot of discussions with clients over the last week that again can just add to our negative feelings is this idea of comparative suffering. So I've had a few um, people comment that they're feeling really bad about themselves because they don't even have children at home or they're feeling really bad about themselves because they're not a medic they're not even working in the hospital and yet they're struggling and um and this is this is this difficult you know thing to get your head around that beating yourself up because you perceive that your suffering is not as big as someone else's is not helpful to the other person's suffering or to yourself yeah that creating a kind of top table of suffering and that you're putting yourself somewhere near the bottom and saying come on you know you, you shouldn't be feeling like this actually just makes you feel worse and you know you might say to yourself look I'm really lucky that I'm not on the front line and use it as a gratitude thing that's fine that's really positive but if you're saying you know you're such a loser because you make such a fuss when actually you're not even a medic that doesn't help you know it, it just is again it's just adding to that layer of secondary suffering it can kick you into feeling shame um feeling inadequate and i know a lot of people who've been really hard on themselves in the last few days because they perhaps are struggling with managing the kids at home they found themselves shouting at the kids or getting upset or just feeling like trying to manage the schoolwork is too much and you know i've been trying to encourage people to remember each of our experiences is valid. We don't have to create a, a hierarchy, a table of suffering where you put some people at the top and, and not yourself. It's okay to just hunker down, look after yourself, keep things simple. Remind yourself that whatever you're experiencing is what you're experiencing. It's completely valid. I think that's so important because I'm nodding away as you're saying this because I, I, I would say I've definitely been doing that. Um, you know, definitely thinking of, um, you know, the doctors and maybe the people that haven't got gardens or the people that um, have got, you know, more children than I have or can't afford to feed their kids, you know, three meals a day. 
and there has been a lot of guilt and shame around that um and then on the flip side you know when you're screaming at the kids because they haven't emptied the dishwasher again I kind of think <laughs> oh you know pull yourself together Kate um but you can't do that you're right everyone's experience is valid and everyone is going through what they're going through and it, it, that's what makes it so unique this situation because we're all in it in, on, on, the, on a global level on a huge scale but every person is having their own unique experience mm. and you know just because you don't have it as bad as someone else doesn't mean that you aren't suffering in your own way so I think that's really um comforting and I think a lot of people will will you know really find a lot of comfort in that so thank you I think also you know the way I look at it is that you can waste the energy on shaming yourself for how you're feeling, but it doesn't get you anywhere. Or you can nurture yourself and then you can use the energy that you would have sucked into shame in thinking of positive ways that you can be helpful, whether it's phoning around your neighbours or, you know, um, adding something to the food bank or making a donation to shelter, something mm -hmm. else acknowledging that, yes, other people are really struggling. Let's see what we can do positively. But you don't have to shame yourself at the same time. You know, it's okay to just be who you are. I know that you are an expert in sort of self-compassion and that's a big area of your work. Mm. And it almost feels a bit guilty. And, and I don't know, just to kind of mm. be focusing so inwardly at the moment. But I personally feel that it's so important that everyone preserves their emotional well-being their, their energy and we're all practicing self-compassion at the moment because um if we can't look after ourselves then we can't look after our families and our loved ones and mm -hmm. like you say you know doing doing things that are helpful like making donations and volunteering so i think it definitely has to start from that element of self-compassion mm -hmm. where would you how would you direct someone who is really not practicing this and where would you where would you start so um there are some very simple steps that you can start just understanding how self-compassion works and, and just doing tiny things for yourself so one of the first is understanding the way that our brain works that um the there's there are pathways in the brain called the mammalian caregiving system that most of us don't consciously activate we're, we're not aware of how to use them to help ourselves so if i just very briefly explain mammals nurture their children with hugs and with soothing vocalization and with soothing touch and this is something we naturally do and you know when you have a small child or a pet you will naturally, you know, use a particular soothing voice like, oh, you know, they're there. And you will talk to them in a particular way and you will stroke them if they're feeling distressed or upset. This is something we all have within us. But what we're not taught to do is to activate that same pathway for ourselves in a, in a proactive way. So if you're feeling completely spun out and stressed and anxious about the situation, what we tend to do is we tend to go into our fight and flight pathway and this little voice kicks in that says, oh, you're making such a fuss. Everybody else is coping. Why aren't you? But actually what we can practice doing is remembering, you know, what would I say to my best friend or someone else if they were struggling in this way? And how might I say it? So you might, for example, say, mate, you're having a tough day, but you'll get through this. 
or you might say you know you're an amazing person i know this is hard right now but i know you can do this and those those are the things we naturally say for other people but we can start practicing saying those things for ourselves and using soothing touch so you can work out do i find it soothing to stroke my hair obviously at the moment we're not supposed to be touching our faces but you can give yourself a hug you can stroke the back of your hand you know, think of what felt good as a child, perhaps, or what you naturally would do for someone else. Would you squeeze them? You know, what would you do? And it may feel really silly to start with, but actually just taking a moment to give yourself that soothing touch and soothing internal voice and recognizing that your experience is, is absolutely what it is. And you would treat someone else with kindness if they were struggling in this way. So just starting to do that for yourself. And what's really fascinating about the research around this is that rather than making people self-indulgent and losing their motivation if they start to use these techniques, it's interesting that actually people who learn to be compassionate towards themselves become more compassionate to people around them and get better at accepting help. Mm. <laughs> it's like we stop being this prickly island that can't accept help and criticizes everyone around us and we actually start to soften. And, you know, when we soften towards ourselves, we recognize actually that other people struggle too. And we can, you know, appreciate their struggles in a different way. So it's very simple. It's not rocket science. It's just using your physiology to nurture yourself a little bit more proactively. Something that you mentioned the other day when we were sort of emailing and you said that a lot of women are dealing with a bit of guilt about mm. maybe not being as productive as they, as they should be. Um, mm. There's a bit of overwhelm going on with regards to, you know, thinking that they should be doing lots and actually not much is getting done. And I am hearing this as well. I mean, there's a few funny memes going around um, on the internet where, you know, like day one of the quarantine, you were going to read, you know, 10 books, write a thesis and complete, you know, 10 online courses. Yeah. And then by sort of day seven, you've just been watching Netflix and eating loads of cakes. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, I think there is this sort of general feeling of that. And, yeah. and what would you say to people who are sort of beating themselves a little bit about not being as productive as they should while they're at home? Yeah, I totally get it. And uh, we're all going through a process, aren't we, at the moment? And, uh, you know, we're all human. I think there's a really interesting thing to notice about our responses in a crisis like this. So one of the areas that I found very interesting about learning about self-compassion is starting to recognise that when we are uncomfortable with our emotions or when we're uncomfortable with a situation, our first reaction is often to try and fix it. And it's, it's a way of displacing our discomfort that we just, we can't kind of sit with ourselves with the uncomfortable feelings. So we go to fixing. And mm -hmm. a lot of people operate like this throughout their lives. You know, they become used to being a master fixer in any situation, which is, you know, Part of the reason we're a little bit at risk of burnout as women, that we see all the problems. We don't just focus on one thing. We see what everyone needs and we can start to focus on, on needing to fix everything. And the difficulty with this particular situation is that we, we start out with that intention, but actually this situation isn't fixable and the emotions are staying because we can't make it better quickly. 
and that's exhausting yeah uh, and i think it's really understandable that people are retreating um and getting very little done in a sense because they're they're kind of their being their body is saying I, you can't push through this one you know you might actually need to just take a breath make it much more simple you know stop trying to change the world in a day and there's this lovely concept that um that i love to share with my clients which is the idea of equanimity which is um having the wisdom to to lean into difficult situations and to offer support guidance offer to listen but to recognize the limits of our abilities in terms of how much power and control we have over situations um, so obviously in you know in you know as a mom or as a doctor or as a an entrepreneur this relates to recognizing that we might um, you know we might do all the right things but bad things can still happen we might be an amazing person amazing parent uh, amazing at what we do but people around us are making independent choices that aren't always in our control so it, you know it relates a lot to work and in this situation it, it also it's so powerful to remember that you know actually just comforting ourselves because of the difficult situation rather than expecting ourselves to be able to fix it is a more sustainable approach um, because going at it like you know i'm going to sort this and it'll be over in a week is just not working in this particular scenario absolutely and because we're so used to trying to be in control and we're not used to this uncertainty we have been thrown or you know totally we're sort of everything has just changed mm. and the the lack of control and the lack of an and the lack of certainty i think has been a really big issue for a lot of people because mm. um we do like to micromanage and we you know where our kids are going to be at this time and and i think you hear it a lot sort of with grief as well i think it's that's that all of a sudden everything's just changed and I guess we are experiencing some form of grief uh, I don't want to belittle someone that's lost someone but we've lost a way of life we've we've lost the control that we once had we've lost this certainty of knowing that we're going to get up in the morning and go to work and our kids are going to see their friends yeah. and it isn't fixable at the moment um, it isn't you know there's no vaccine um there's lack of tests and without meaning to be completely negative this situation is not going away for a little while um, that's right yeah we have to not be hard on ourselves you know for not being productive and not being you know in, in fixing mode and if we have to sit and watch netflix for three weeks and eat cakes and cuddle our kids and they're not home, being homeschooled properly well so be it I hope that a lot of women out there that are listening see this and and recognize this and you know use this almost as permission that that what they're doing well however they're getting through this is okay because absolutely we I don't know why it is because I'm not a psychologist but I don't know why as women we need permission either from ourselves or from other people to to just be and not be doing and not be in proactive fixing mode and I know that I am I'm constantly trying to fix things and help people and make things better and maybe that's why I wanted to be a coach because that is kind of like in my innate personality to, to want to help 
and you know this is why I'm still doing the podcast because if I can bring lots of different people out there to help other other people then that's my way of helping but at the same time I just want to go for walks and sit and watch TV and not have to think about anything else. Absolutely. So, so yeah. yeah, I mean, and then it's hard because we're almost relearning and reconditioning ourselves to behave in a different way. The Ambitious Mum, the podcast about ambition, motherhood and everything in between. I think I think for me it's interesting when I look back I think there was a subconscious um need that I had to justify my existence to prove that I was good enough mm. um put a lot of energy into for a lot of years and you know as a doctor I had to be the very best doctor I could be and you know the idea of doing anything less felt like it was a you know I was being lazy or letting the side down and so, you know, that maybe there's a subconscious thing for women because of everything that's gone before us that we have always had to, you know, be to show up as the best in order to be an equal. And yeah. maybe that's why we we work so hard at contributing and fixing. And I, and I, I don't think it's about stopping contributing because I actually think that brings tremendous meaning and value in you know for example you carrying on the podcast it's it's supporting so many people by doing that but it's also recognizing isn't it that this is an opportunity for us to to really focus on what's important and if being still or being wrapped in a blanket or cuddling our kids is what's really important right now then it's, it's a perfect opportunity for us to just let ourselves do that and it and it doesn't come naturally but mm -hmm. um i think that like you say it is it's it's a way of practicing self-compassion and nurturing ourselves as well and you know maybe it's you need two or three weeks of doing that and then all of a sudden you'll find some space to start um being proactive again or something you might be inspired you might have an epiphany you know i'm not comparing to you falling off a ladder and nearly breaking your back to you know kind of suddenly <laughs> realizing something but these things um i think if we can change the way we look at it and see it as an opportunity Mm. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of good that comes out of this as well and I really cling on to this and I and I talk about this a lot because we begin we are given being given space for the first time in a long time mm. giving time to breathe we're giving we've been given space as families as uh, you know relationships and yes there may be negatives with this but hopefully there's going to be a lot of good and a lot of uh, amazing things that come out of this and people will be producing things that will help you know for generations to come and that's mm -hmm. what I'm, that's what i'm clinging on to so um and i just wanted to say thank you so much for making time for coming on the podcast today because um i know it's not easy between us to to get time away from the kids and and everything if we sort of step out of our universe at the well our, our current situation at the moment and yeah. what you do on a day-to-day -day basis how can people find you how can you help people what have you got out there online that people can connect to you with so my website is, is the source of most information, really, which is nicolaharkercoaching.com. Um, and uh, on there, you'll find links to my Facebook and my LinkedIn as well. 
And I have, um, so what was my, it's still called my workshops page, but that's been transformed into a lot of online stuff now. So um, I, you know, there are some free meditations that are on my website. I've created um, a course called Compassionate Self-Care for Parents, which some of your listeners might find interesting, which it actually is, you know, I've, I've sort of really reduced the price for this current crisis because it's actually a very full, full of resources around developing these skills of self-compassion, which for me, I have to say, has really transformed the way I am on the inside, you know, just as a person, just in terms of being comfortable with my emotions. So um, I'd highly recommend having a look at that. Um, there's also a book that um, I've just been part of a book collaboration on the on my front page of my website, right at the bottom, if you scroll down, there's a link to Amazon, the book that we just brought out. It's only about a month ago, but it seems like a world away, um, which is a, a collaboration of 21 female entrepreneurs and um, we've all shared our stories. Um, wow, that sounds, what's that called? That's called Monetize Your Message. Um, okay. Because we've all come from completely different angles and um, but we've shared our our learning um, and some advice if you decide you want to change your life direction uh, some advice really good advice in there so it's quite an inspiring read oh fantastic I will definitely check that out and with regards to the course that you just mentioned the self-compassion yeah. for parents course is how long would that take someone to do because I'm sort of thinking um people are quite time even though we've got a lot of time we're quite time yeah. poor for being able to kind of take a step away and and have some quiet time is that something that is easy accessible yeah. for busy parents it's very accessible so the way i've done it is um that you've got unlimited um time access to it and each module is very short so um what i would really encourage anyone to do is to start thinking about how could you negotiate maybe just 10 minutes away for yourself um, and because each exercise is it's short, you might need a notebook or it might just be a short meditation or explaining a meditation that you could do just walking around your, your garden or your living room carpet. Um, very, very short. And the way that I work is that I've never wanted to be kind of wrapped in cotton wool. I, you know, I, I don't want somebody to tell me that, you know, ideally you should be meditating for three hours a day because actually with a, a busy home life, that was never going to work for me. So everything that I've included in there are simple techniques that you can use. For example, if you're in the shower, uh, when you're boiling the kettle or cleaning your teeth, um, you know, just when you put the, the kids to bed at night or when you're cooking, they're very simple, straightforward things that you can use as just a way to keep re kind of recalibrating yourself. Um, but also it's about a way of thinking a little bit like what I've shared, you know, that idea that we can start to address ourselves differently on the inside. So it's not, an, you know, it's not, it doesn't have to take long, but it, it, this is an opportunity for us to think, you know, if, if you do have a partner at home, is, is it time to ask for 15, 20 minutes where they'll mind the kids for you and you can just shut the bedroom door just to help yourself in this situation, because this could go on for a while. No, it's, it's, it's not a sprint. No, so it's definitely not. Um, and I think to investing in some extra tools um, to get through this is, is definitely worth it. Um, you know, I think we all need some extra resilience um, and some, some other ways of coping that maybe we've never used before. So I think this course sounds brilliant. I think I might, I might check it out. So thank you. Yeah. And I'll, 
what I'll do is I will put all the um, the links that you've just mentioned in the show notes. I'll make sure that that's shared so people can can have a look at it as well so thank you so much Nicola that's been really insightful and I found it really helpful for myself and I hope that all the listeners do as well and wishing you lots of health and successful times for the future and and hopefully we'll all come out of this and maybe you'll come back on the podcast and we can sort of reflect and and talk again another time that'd be lovely thank you I'll take care thanks Nicola So that is this week's episode done. I really hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I'd love to know if some of the insights resonated with you or if there were some takeaways that you're possibly able to apply to your life. I would really love to hear your feedback and perspective on today's conversation as well. Perhaps we talked about a topic that sparks something within you or you have something to offer to the other listeners. Either way, I would love to hear from you. In order to help grow the Ambitious Mum community, and allow the podcast to be heard by other people, please do rate, subscribe and share it across your social networks. This will really help with the visibility of a new podcast. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook under Coaching by Kate and do use the hashtag The Ambitious Mum Podcast so I can find your comments easily. So please do get in touch if you have any more to say. I'll also provide all links to my guests and my contact details on The Ambitious Mum show notes too. See you next week.